So I got a chance to listen to last Sunday's sermon online, and it was just a, it was an encouraging word. It was a challenging word. It was so challenging, I, I felt guilty when I went and made myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich after I heard it, because I was like, man, there's people in this world that are just, they're just hurting. They're doing without, and, and we have so much, and there's so much excess in the, in the world, in our world, in my world, and I just was convicted um, in a good way. And then I, then I began to process, okay, now this week is, I was thirsty. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. And so uh, we're going to go at a couple different angles. But the first angle we're going to go at is I want to show you a video that highlights and promos a ministry called Bloodwater Missions. It's very close to Tony's heart. And it's a, uh, it just brings awareness to the issue of, of the need for fresh water in all, in all over the world, especially in Africa. And so check out this video. So there's four levels of involvement in this issue. For one, you could just pray. Just pray right where you're at. Just pray that God will bless the work of Bloodwater Missions. God will send money, send others to, to help make it possible for other people to drink something that we take so for granted. <laughs> I mean, we, we have fresh water. We have a system here at the school that filters the water. We have fruit in our water, <laughs> you know, and we're so blessed to have it. So you can just pray. Uh, you can go to the website and you could give. You could actually give money to help make it possible. Wells will get dug and water will come up out of the ground and people will drink. You could do something to raise awareness and, and speaking of money, you could raise funds. You could uh, do any kind of a fundraiser that makes sure the money goes to, to this particular issue. And then the deepest and I think the most impactful level is you could go. You could actually go to Africa and watch them build a well and be a part of making it happen, which that sounds exciting to me. I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to do that. But at some level, there's somebody in this room that's thinking, that's my calling. That's what I want to do. I want to go and I want to just see that happen. And we want to at least bring awareness to this issue so that at least something could happen. So water is life, right? Water is life. People fight over water. So in Peru, when we were there, after this well was built, you would think that after the well was built that everybody would be excited and so grateful that this man from America came and built a well so people in Peru could have fresh water. It wasn't quite that way. There were some people up in the village that were angry at this man because they were selling water up in the village and now people were coming and getting it for free at the orphanage. The water they were selling in the village was bitter and it was, it was just not good quality water, but the water down by the orphanage that I think the Lord had something to do with was sweet and was good and people wanted it. It got so bad that someone sent a, a bulldozer, these guys got a bulldozer and they were, gonna, they were gonna bulldoze the well. And the man who owned the orphanage happened to be there at the time and he stood in front of the bulldozer and wouldn't leave until the authorities showed up. I think the fight went on back and forth, and eventually um, it all got worked out. And the well's still there to this day. And next June, we are going to take a trip to Peru. And when we go back to Peru, we'll go visit the well. We'll go visit the orphanage, and we'll visit another home where they're actually helping 
uh, students who are aging out of the orphanage to be able to like, take the next steps in life. And so if that touches your heart and you're interested in that, uh, stay tuned. More details to come, okay, next, next June. So you can't live very long without water, right? You can go, some say 40-plus days without eating. Some of us could probably go a week without eating and do us some good. <laughs> but water, I think, what, seven days? Maybe a little bit more than that would be the, the max that you should go without drinking water. I think most of the time when we're hungry, we're actually just thirsty. We, we're, we're probably dehydrated, and so we need drink more than we need food, but we end up probably eating to, to fix the need. So I'm going to talk a little bit just about a, a cup of cold water, and then, we'll, then I'm going to look at a different angle of this being thirsty. So in Jesus' culture, a cup of cold water was was what they would consider like a minimal requirement for what Scripture calls biblical hospitality. Just a simple expression of love of the stranger, a xenophilia it would be, was the word for it. So when you offered somebody a cup of cold water, and even in Jesus' culture, it might not even be water. It might be something a little bit safer back then. It would be wine or it would be a, some, some milk. Something refreshing to a traveler. When you offer a cup of cold water, a cup to bring refreshment, it was, it was love of stranger. Jesus speaks about this in Matthew chapter 10 and in Mark chapter 9. He actually speaks about offering a cup of cold water in my name, but he's talking about it in this context. He's saying, when you see my disciples, or when my disciples are out doing ministry and someone offers them this, this love of stranger... It's, there's a reward for them in heaven. There's a blessing for that. But he's speaking in the context of blessing other believers. Hospitality is a Christian virtue. The writer of the book of Hebrews reminds us, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some have even entertained angels unaware. Hospitality and just offering something simple as a drink is just basic Christianity. It's just, it's, in our culture, it's like holding open the door for someone. I don't know if you guys, if you look for opportunities to bless people in that way, but it's just simple baseline uh, kindness and courtesy. You don't have to be a Christian to do that, obviously, but I think as Christians, our, our radar should be up all the time looking for opportunities just to show kindness, a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? Okay, just simple little courtesies. We, of all the people in the community, should be the kindest, most gentle, most loving people there are. That's our call. And that's simple. We can all do that, right? We can all, we can all just take a deep breath, stop being so busy, be interruptible and look for opportunities just to offer that simple kindness, right? I see my friend JJ back there. He works at a convenience store. He probably sees both sides of this deal <laughs> where there's some kindness that probably happens and there's a lot of just like me first, get out of my way, I'm busy. That's the opposite of, op of a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. It's something we do 
And it's something we do for one another. You know, Jesus speaks a lot about blessing one another, like loving each other so well, like the community of faith, the body of Christ, blessing each other in such a way that uh, people see Christ in us. Do you think in church, all right, take this the right way, membership has its privileges? As a part of the body of Christ, there's privileges to that. Okay, ultimately, man, our, re, our re, reward is in heaven. Our retirement is the best that there is ever. No, no company has ever offered a better retirement than Jesus has offered us. Okay, so we have that to look forward to. But in the body of Christ, when we walk in here together and become a part of the body of Christ, we should feel like I'm in the safest, most loving place there is. That's the blessing that, that's there. And even in Matthew 25, in this passage of Scripture that we're looking at over the next several weeks, about Jesus saying, whatever you've done for these brothers of mine, you've done unto me, he's actually speaking about the body of Christ. He's about speaking about loving one another. Now, does that mean we're not supposed to do those things to strangers and people who are not a part of the body? Absolutely not. You didn't hear that. That's not what he's saying. But he's saying when we love each other the right way, People see Christ in that. So listen to what he says in uh, John chapter 13 and verse 34. Jesus says, a new command I give you. Now he's talking to his disciples. He says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. You must love one another. Did you hear that? Must. Not, it's optional. Not if, um, if that other person is loving you first, or if that other person is lovable. Listen, some of you aren't very lovable. And I'm talking about me too. <laughs> I'm not always that lovable. Ask my wife. I'm a grump sometimes. I get hangry. I get impatient. I, get, I start doubting. I get frustrated. I come home from vacation, and our, our vehicle sitting in our driveway, and it's leaking radiator fluid. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you. You know, like it's God's fault somehow. You know, I'm like blaming him. I'm frustrated. My back hurts. We just spent all of our money on vacation. Most of our money on vacation. And I'm thinking, now nah, this is exactly what I needed. Just one more thing to fix. But he says we must love one another. And by this, listen, by this love, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Right? Everyone that will know that you are my disciples by your really cool bumper sticker on your car, by your Christian t-shirts, by your attendance at church. Listen, nobody knows you're a Christian just because you show up at church. Ouch. <laughs> Can I get an amen? amen. Something? <laughs> Anything? Just because you show up at church doesn't mean you're a Christian. Doesn't mean you're a follower of Jesus just because you show up here. Now, listen, I'm glad you're here because this is a step in the right direction. There's a better chance of you hearing about Jesus here than at the pool hall downtown on Friday night. I've never been to the pool hall on Friday night, Friday afternoon, because the cheeseburgers are good. Never Friday night. My wife told me I can't go there. She said no. Would be a good ministry opportunity. But... Uh, that's not my calling. It might be somebody else's calling, but not mine. Listen, but it says, you will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. 
But remember what I said, he's not saying that we shouldn't take care of those outside the walls of the church, right? It's got to be both and. But listen to this story. I want to show you this story because I know, I know Jesus means that we're supposed to love each other and love others too because listen to this story in John chapter 4. So turn to John chapter 4. Okay, as you're turning there, John 4, my final, um, final thought as we think about this cup of cold water thing as I take a drink of this cup of cold water. All right, so I want you to hear this phrase, and this is in, this is in relation to the story I'm about ready to share with you. A cup of cold water can be a reprieve from something, a welcome to something, and a new start into something. Okay? A reprieve, a welcome, a new start. Think about that in the context of the story that I'm going to share. I don't know whose water that was, but I'm glad it was sitting there. I think it was my wife's, but I'm not sure. <laughs> We're all family, right? So I just drink after somebody in my family. John chapter 4. Very familiar passage. And as I read this story, be focused and fixed not on the sinfulness of the person in the story, but on the merciful love and compassion of Jesus in the story. Okay? Did you hear me? I'm not ignore, we're not going to ignore the sin. We're not going to wink at it and pretend like it's not real and that it doesn't affect people because sin, the wages of sin is death. It just is. But I want you to, I want you to see Jesus' mercy and love and compassion in this story. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, this is John 4, starting at verse 1. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus was tired, as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. You've heard the story before. If you have, you know it's noon. And this woman who is getting ready to come into the story came to the water way after the prime time to come to the water. The prime time is earlier in the day when all the rest of the women are there. That's when all the gossip is the freshest. It's like all the stories at the water cooler. That's when, that's when you get all of the, what's going on in the community. That's when it's a social hour. It's the, the fellowship before the service starts. It's the fellowship after the service is over. And this woman comes late in the game and we find out later on it's probably because she, she didn't really want to share her story because it wasn't the best story. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? 
his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. So I think that was a point just to be made that Jesus was there with a woman alone, a Samaritan woman alone, Jewish man, Samaritan woman, even Jewish man, Jewish woman alone, not a good combination. I don't think Jesus was real big on political correctness. I just don't think that was his, his worry. <laughs> I didn't think he really cared what the other Pharisees were doing in town, the other teachers of the law. He cared more about this woman than he did about what was right in the culture. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Samaritans were considered unclean, dirty people. Have you ever felt unclean and dirty? Maybe no value. Maybe the world has put a price tag on you that's, that's way undervalued you. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is to ask you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty Again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Man, talk about the benefits of staying properly hydrated. <laughs> this water offers something extra special. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I don't have to get thirsty and I won't have to come here to draw water. She's basically saying, I wouldn't have to come here and be exposed any longer. And I wouldn't have to, to have my story exposed. He told her, go call your husband and come back. She says, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is, if you had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband, what you've just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship um, is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Man, isn't he's saying these phrases like salvation is from the Jews because you see, I'm a Jew and I'm your salvation. You're going to figure this out in just a minute. Yet time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers, worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshiper the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, just real quick, a little side note about the spirit and truth thing. Let me, I'm going to read this, this quote that I found as I was preparing for this message. Spirit without truth leads to shallow, overly emotional experience that could be compared to a high. As soon as the emotion is over, when the fervor cools, so does the worship. 
If it's just in spirit, if it's just this emotional high, and I come and I get all pumped, I'm get excited, and I'm just, oh, yes, because I've had plenty of those moments where you go to these worship experiences, and it just blows you away, and you come out of there just like, like you could walk on water after you get out of there. But then that goes away. Truth without spirit can result in a dry, passionless encounter that can easily lead to a form of joyless legalism. And there's no passion, there's no joy. It's just following the rules, just do the, jump through the hoops, just do what you got to do to get through the day. Oh, we get a retirement in heaven, that's great. You know, do you, you know anybody like that? How, for once, like, if we really know this Jesus who offers us living water that springs up to, to eternal life, how could we live this way? But people do it. They get caught up in, like, following the rules, and I, it's just like, no, this is the way we're supposed to do it. You can't get too excited, get no emotion. The best combination of both aspects of worship result in a joyous appreciation of God informed by Scripture. Okay, listen to this. A joyous appreciation of God informed by Scripture. The more we know about God, the more we appreciate Him. The more we appreciate, the deeper our worship. The deeper our worship, the more God is glorified. Isn't that amazing? Like, the more we know about him, the more we want to worship him. And the more we worship him, the more he is glorified, and it's like more about him and less about us. Side note, back onto the track. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared. You can imagine that Jesus is getting excited about this particular moment. Like, man, I get to tell her who I am. This is going to be awesome. He says, I who speak to you am he. And can you imagine her? Do you think she's sitting there, like, feeling like, oh, my gosh, all of my past failure is just coming I'm coming face to face with it right now. And the one who is called Jesus, the Messiah, is standing there. You can imagine, I wonder what her response is. I wonder what she's thinking. Do you know, I wonder what her posture is. Is her posture this? Oh no, he knows. Or is her posture, oh no, he knows. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, <laughs> the woman went, went back to the town. So she went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Do you know that I long for this kind of response to our Jesus again today? That people would just come out. They would make their way toward him. But so many people They don't come out. 
And they're not pursuing Jesus in any way at all. They're just, matter of fact, they're actually, their backs are turned and might even just be walking or running the other direction. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? They're like, (laughs) and just for for time's sake, it says many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. She said, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him and they urged him to stay with them, he stayed two days. Because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you have said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Last few thoughts. Living water can only be attained by those who recognize that they are spiritually thirsty. When it comes to physical thirst, often we wait too long before we realize we haven't drank enough water. And then we go and try to satisfy that desire, try to catch up. I believe it's the same way spiritually. We go for a long time drawing from various wells, I believe, that the world has to offer but we are never satisfied with what comes up out of that well. We drink deep of it for a while, and then we realize that's not what it was that I needed. I'm still thirsty. And this living water can only be given to those who recognize that they need it, and they go searching for it. Salvation comes only to those who confess and repent of their sin and desire forgiveness. So the only way to get to Jesus, this living water, is through our own sinfulness. See, this woman had to deal with her sin. She had to. She had no choice. Jesus didn't beat her up with it. He didn't make her feel terrible about it. He didn't condemn her, tell her all the things that she had done wrong. He didn't need to. She already knew it. But she had to go through it in order to get to him. Because the Bible says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin, right? And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for this righteousness, for they will be filled up. So I want you to think about this. If the only way to Jesus is through our own sinfulness, the only way for Jesus to get to us was through the cross where Jesus was nailed to it with our sinfulness. Hebrews 12 says, Who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Jesus had to go through the cross because of our sinfulness to get to us. And we have to go through our sinfulness to get to him. Salvation comes only to those who take a hold of Jesus as their Messiah. For the absolute truth is is that salvation is found in no one else. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? In Acts 4, it says, there is no other name given to men 
that might, the where we, we're through whom we might be saved, and that is the name of Jesus. Like, there's no other name. There's no other water. There's no other well. No other well in this world. Finally, if you have a personal testimony of how Jesus has demonstrated mercy and compassion to you, don't be afraid to share that story, that testimony, along with a cup of cold water. I mean, this will bring refreshing and reprieve for a moment, but this testimony of Jesus and what he's done for you and what he can do for them, it's a, it's a refreshing that will last forever. Forever. I'm going to pray and the worship team's going to come. So I'm going to challenge you today, if you're thirsty, then you, then you got to come. <laughs> come to the well that brings life. Come and pray. Uh, if you feel you, you need to do that, uh, come to him right where you're at. But whatever you need to do, come. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you satisfy our thirst and that your mercy and your compassion and your love far outweighs our sin. But I pray also that we would not be afraid to press in to these areas of our life that we know that you're dealing with this and this, this woman's situation was unique to her we all have our stuff, Lord. Every single one of us. So help us to, to walk through that in order to get to you. Not be afraid of that. Because on the other end of that, we find life. We find refreshment. We find reprieve. We find purpose. So as we come, would you meet us at the well? And would you offer us this living water that you speak of? We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.